Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Always look on the bright side of life, everybody. Italy, get their comeuppance. And Newcastle, get their fairy tale prince. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Thursday, the 7th of October. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Vidushina Hunteraja. Yes, forget the final of the Euros, everybody. This is what really matters, isn't it, Brass? This so, means more. It is. Do you know why? Because it was at the San Siro. Ah. Yeah. That's why it means more. Okay. I mean, you know, I think you can look at Italian football on from one perspective in a sort of infrastructure sort of way in that it's all sort of beat up and tired and, you know, needs work and all the rest of it. Maybe Roberto Mancini is the man to lead that just as he did on the field. But... It's just when you walk walk up to the San Siro for the first time and you see just the silhouette of it, it is the greatest silhouette in world football. It's magnificent. And you can forgive all the other stuff like the crappy Wi-Fi and (laughs) all that other stuff that could do with work because it is just the San Siro. And they went there. They got turned over. The little slugs, didn't they? They did. did. Come to our home and make a mockery of our game. You're going to get your comeuppance. I I reckon they got a little bit of vertigo, you know. It's like, oh, God, this is where we didn't qualify for the last World Cup against Sweden. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the same at all, but I felt a bit like that when I went to the London Stadium quite a long time after it became that rather than the Olympic Stadium. Right. And you could still see little bits of, uh, of the paint from London 2012. This was like long after it became uh, a football stadium. Uh, you see, oh. Napoli fans are laughing going like two years ago yeah. we had Italia 90 stickers <laughs> on our stadium. Yeah, exactly. Move on from that. So yeah, Spain, they were wicked, weren't they? They were so good. Mm. 2-1 final score at the San Siro. Couple of goals from Ferran Torres and a little we call it a consolation. I guess it looked as though they could do something with it when Pellegrini scored, but down to down to ten men. Leonardo Bonucci sent off. It couldn't happen to, an, <laughs> to, a, to a nicer guy. We're and so I'm complete, petty. I'm so completely over it. We are so it. petty. I love it. Um, little but are we? No, because, I think it's a pretty sorry, massive thing. I am yeah. so petty. I love it. <laughs> I am so petty. The thing is, though, on that, on the red card, just, just quickly, this is not the main point of the game, but he did in the slow-mo, you know how sometimes the slow-mo looks way worse than the actual situation? It didn't look worse particularly, but in the slow-mo, you could see Bonucci levelling up, like eyeing up what he was about to do, yeah, Sergio totally. Busquets, it, yeah. which is a straight red, no? Well, it, it, it did look forget like... Yellow, forget a second yellow. I know it was the elbow, but it was a very yellow card elbow, and it takes that level Elbow of... to the neck. Yeah, but but in terms of like the the force, it was it, it was a measure of Benucci's shithousery that he's been able to find different levels to an elbow. <laughs> it was a le- it was a lean, not a swing. Yes, I, yeah. I suppose yeah. Is, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is the best way of putting it. Subtle. But but the thing is, a mid air lean. <laughs> you, you, you think you can get away with that if you've not been carded before? But it's just yes, utter oh, stupidity. Sure. Yeah. Also, descent is. I mean, I know that's like the softest yellow kind of, but. Bit fucking stupid because it just puts you in the mind of the ref as being this horrible 
mean look guy. Out, look out gonna... for me for the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, the, um, but obviously his game started with that incredible goal line clearance. Did you see that? Like the, the hip yeah. mobility of the man. You know, it, you know, a terrible gauge of behaviour. The, the, de- <laughs> the dexterity was incredible, yeah. wasn't it? The, that, um, so is this what international football is like now? Because I used to find not it really good. quite tedious, yeah. And then you obviously had the Euros, and you're like, oh, maybe it's just the Euros, maybe it's kind of everyone coming out of a pandemic and really expressing themselves. And that game yesterday was brilliant. You know, Chaotic. those first 40 minutes were yeah. stunning, yeah. They were. But yeah, Federico Chiesa for the start was just... I. This is how, I suppose how much of a loser I am ah. in that I saw that and I thought yeah, well just the way he was playing the way he's got like a Mario Kart way about him he'll bounce off a player and get quicker <laughs> it's a remarkable thing but I, I, I was thinking I was watching him I was like please don't ever get a bad injury yes. because you, you play with such robustness mm. and speed that like oh no these are all like you know natural gifts or physical gifts rather that are going to you know, hopefully not dim in, in you know the years to come. But yeah, he was remarkable. He really set it off, and then yeah, Spain I'm not just called be, that outrageous opener. I'm not going to be able to watch him without imagining him like yeah. sort of flicking little coins up in the air. Yeah, <laughs> he should he should have power up. Yeah, he should have. That's that's extraordinary observation, actually. Rich. He should he should have been booked when he when he threw a green turtle under Pedri. <laughs> but you know what are you going to de- do? He definitely inks the defenders in the face. Yes, he does. Be, be, yeah. Before speeding through, doesn't he? Maybe that explains the way that everyone and and justifies, I guess, the way I thought it was incredible the way that Spain were just swarming them every time, any especially him had the ball, they were just all over Italy after the first what twenty. Should, should we get the Gavi bit over with? Yes, yes. please. Because it, it's just remarkable. This guy has played like a couple of games for for Barcelona, comes in and plays like he's played for Spain for 10 years. So he's it was 17 years and 62 days. Youngest yeah. ever player to play for Spain. Youngest ever I'm player. twice as old as him. Oh, sorry, Vish. <laughs> We're all old. <laughs> do, I'm not think, supposed to How be. do you think Sergio Busquets feels? <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. yeah. Is that it's, my son? What? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody listening who's younger than Gabby, please write it and share at Football Ramble. Yeah, no, they would do that, but they would legitimately have to ask their parents first. <laughs> That's that's the level we're talking about here. They would have could, to ask the bill payers' permission to send an email. No, if you're 70, but you can like get married and drive, can't you? Surely you're allowed to send emails. Maybe in, in your part of England. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we only marry our cousins. Um, <laughs> uh, well, there was there was that story, wasn't there, in um, the German papers last weekend that Jude Bellingham had been left out of the England squad after um, his parents had got onto Gareth Southgate and said he needs a rest. Oh, really? That is proper your mum was... writing you a note to, to, to get Off out of gym chair, yeah. sort of business. I thought, oh, I thought Gareth Southgate handled that really well. And he looked, did. So he, he had did. everything managed and, then... and was thinking about the development of the player. Oh, yeah, he is. But go back and listen to it again yeah. with what I've just told you in mind and it doesn't contradict any of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's just that Gareth Southgate is so erudite that he's, he's managed to skate around that very skillfully. The thing about this Gary appearance is it how long was he on for? 75, 75 minutes in the end, something like that. And I read that that's longer than he's appeared for either Barca or Barca B. Yeah, I saw that as well. It's remarkable. But also, like, credit to Luis Enrique for just having the gumption to be like, yeah, you know what? Go. <laughs> Get out there, young and yeah. He, he said afterwards, didn't he? It's, it's an absolute pleasure to watch him play he said I've never seen anything like it and I think it kind of puts I don't want to go back onto Barcelona again but I think you have to give it a little nod the fact that when you think they've 
had him, they've had Pedri, they've had Ansu Fati, who of course has been injured. So there's something, just one thing, mind you, that is working very, very, very well at Barcelona. <laughs> and where would they be if they hadn't totally fucked it by like, wasting <laughs> all that money on Coutinho yeah. and Griezmann and, 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 and Dembélé. But, um, you know, just from the age profile of those players that you mentioned, presumably there was a worry that it, basically the bracket above them wasn't coming through. Mm. Oh, yeah. Is that the case? And that, which is why they spunk so much but, money on but yeah, Dembélé as well, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I, I think when you're coming out of a generation with Xavi and Iniesta, you're like... It's a bit like, I don't know, the, the Australian cricket team moving on after 2005. You know, you're never going to get that level again, is what you're telling yeah. yourself. You know, it's an exceptional generation. And they are nev- they're never going to get that level again. Even What, Australia? What? Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Turn them over with a third string in this, this winter. <laughs> but Sorry, th- then it's, it's, it's too early to say, of course, with Pedri and Gavi and Ansu Fati. But there is something undeniably special about them. It would be ridiculous to say they can be as good as Xavi and Iniesta and that generation of players. And someone else you've missed. But they're, 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 yeah, and someone else I've missed. But they're, they're going to be, you know, injury notwithstanding, they're going to be something pretty special, right? And they're going to, I suppose, so So all of this chaos at Barcelona is actually just a great benefit to Barcelona in a sense because they wouldn't have been, like you're saying, with Dembele, they wouldn't have been given the chance to well, do it it's if the, they it's, weren't it's absolutely the opening, necessary. It's the opening bit of the new book, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, apart from the fact they've already had to sell Elish Moriba because they haven't got any money. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I mean, that's that's the next thing for them, isn't it? Where they get to that point where they have to sell the youngins that they don't want to sell. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's one thing, like sort of, you know, because they're trying to get, get rid, rid of the ones Griezmann that no one else wants. Yeah, but you yeah, can't. This is this is this is different. Steve Bruce coming in with a power play early on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because it will definitely be Steve Bruce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we will get to that. Steve, um, Steve Al Bruce. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Alan is his middle name. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Bruce. Brown Brucey himself. <laughs> um, so Ferran Torres yesterday. Did he, was he not? Or was that not? I what's the opposite of an audition where you're showing someone what they've missed? Mm. I'm trying to think of like a film equivalent where someone didn't get a role and they nailed something else. But basically, you know, when City start Grealish, not up front, but nominally in the, in the centre of that three against Liverpool and obviously struggled. And you've got Ferran Torres coming in and scoring. Just the manner of those goals as well. Even the, the right little shinner to contort your body in that way and get it into the corner was a remarkable feat. And I know, you know, I love a looping header. It sort of le- it had a little curve on it, didn't but, it? but that well. was like that was a proper striker's oh, yeah, head it's, it's back brilliant. pass. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But, but you're, you're right, Kate, that, that that not just scoring, yeah, the cross but making the goalkeeper know you can't get this. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, but but you're you're right. It's the most two of the most strikerish goals you will ever see, and mm. we know that Pep Guardiola and uh, Luis Enrique have been having this discussion for absolutely ages about you know what, he is a striker. He's, oh, really? That's, he's, they've had he's, that? He's not, he's not a false nine. He's not a winger. He's a striker. He's got all these strikerish instincts. And the idea that he has to be, you know, built like Fernando Torres or built like Diego Costa, you know, he can be a different type of centre-forward and still authentically a centre-forward. And they both believe that. I loved it. I really enjoyed that game. Spain Same. did 
didn't get revenge for their, <laughs> their defeat in the Euros 2020 semi-final. But they embarrassed but their hey, tormentors at home. They did. And, and they that's get, pretty good. And they get to the Nations League final and no one's going to, no one can take that away from them. I think, I think the players care about it. I think it's a, I think, right. it's, I think it's a deal. Luis Enrique's celebrations when the yeah. second goal went in were pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they reminded me that something was on this game. Yeah, and and on the note about Italy, they they brought Italy's thirty-seven match unbeaten run to an end, and the tiny car also made its long-awaited return, which is probably the. So who owns the tiny car now? Is he just going about independently? I think he wears he or di- she. He or she. I think he, they wear different livery depending on what they're up to. But I think. But is it the same little car just rebranded? Oh, it's a great question. I imagine there. Like I imagine there'd be a fleet. No, but there's a different guy in Gunnosaurus every time these. That's days. what I mean. Yeah. Is it like? Is it a different little car? Yeah. Oh, it's oh, a well, different it borrower be. driving it, it. It needs to be themed now. Now, what they should have used last night is, I think, a little Lambretta. And I think yes. once once you once you get to Turin, a little Vespa. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. And once you, oh, no, I know you're on board with that. I'm but, totally but, on board but with that. Once once you get to the, the once you get to Turin, it has to be it has to be a Mini Cooper, doesn't it? In, uh, like <laughs> yes. after the Italian job, yeah. or maybe a little fleet of them chasing each other around like shitting gold bars. <laughs> And then Federico Chiesa comes in his little marikot and bumps it off and steals the ball. Do you remember which, I can't remember which game of the Euros it was, but when that little tiny ball fell out of of the car or out of the ball and was just like zipping around on the pitch. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm just imagining that with the gold bars. It was, like a, little, it was like a little snooker ball. Like yeah. Tiny, oh, no, it was a little eight. Yeah, it was like a little eight ball. Yeah. Anyway, we don't, we don't want to be inf- trying to enforce that sort of stuff. Italy uh, wearing the lightest shirt of all time, incorporating revolutionary ultra weave technology, but it looked heavy on the night. <laughs> <laughs> Just a team that have just been so comfortable with their bodies for so long. They're just pushing the boundaries now. They're first with the Kappa stuff, and they're going to wear, like, you know, this see through kind of sheer football shirt next. I can't wait. Are we going to this DJ set by Mandietta in London later in October? It's all indie, isn't it? All oh, right, not really your suit. Oh, yeah, he's a massive indie head, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, is that a uh, Spanish thing? Because Matter, when Matter used to blog, Matter every now and again would um, would give like an indie review. Yeah, well, Jose well, is a is, is a reggaeton star, isn't he? So it's not right. exclusively indie amongst like Spanish footballers. Okay. Although whether you can describe Jose as a footballer anymore is a different question, right? Sounds like you could be tempted. Then I'd be up for this. <laughs> I always like get my horizons widened. But by by listening to the editors and Coldplay, yeah, that that really widened <laughs> yeah. my horizons. Yeah. <laughs> For listeners at home, I'm giving Brussels a finger. <laughs> Chelsea three, Wolfsburg three. Penilla Harder with a last, I think it was in the last minute of stoppage time, the equaliser for Chelsea. Chelsea dominated the early parts of the game. Um, and then a couple of big mistakes from Alan Kutchenberger, really, uh, for two of the Wolfsburg goals, Vish. Carter fucked up for a couple of them as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but final score, 3-3. Three, three. Would you say that's a adequate reflection of the balance of the game it was wild well yeah I mean the thing is that everything Wolfsburg got was given to them by Chelsea um, although weirdly there still had to be some like, very good finishes among that mm. but the Jill Rhodes um, yeah yeah Jill Rhodes was a, even, even the um, even though that was a total cock up yeah you know, playing out from the back but directly straight down the middle but both of those Vassmuth finishes are really good as yeah, well the yeah the second even one if was she brilliant, was pre- yeah. presented with them because it looked like the chance for the first one had, had got away but she realised what was happening between the defender and the goalkeeper really quickly mm. and then just 
realised she had to lurch and toe poke it. The, the second finish is, is is magnificent. Yeah. But yeah, they still had to be good enough to take advantage of that. But it was almost like it was a product of Chelsea being too comfortable because at the beginning of that game, that was so imperious, Chelsea. It was mm. like, yeah, it's the changing of the guard now. Mm. You used to be up there, but it's us now. It's going to yeah. be us now. We're going to take it on from losing the final last year. The manner of the Sam Kerr goal, it was just... We are so much better than you. Yeah, it was a it was an incredible finish, and and they were just too comfortable. Yeah, and then that they gave Wolfsburg that little bit of light, which they they took with both hands. There was a point where you, you realise at the end of the second half, I think. Sorry, the, the, the end of the first half into the second half, where Wolfsburg realised we're not playing particularly well, but they're making a lot of mistakes, so we can just up our intensity and put mm. that much more pressure on them because they're winning the ball up. You know, obviously for, for Ruud's goal, it was. Um, yeah, just like an astonishing oversight from the goalkeeper to see, you know, the player being shut down and still passing the ball. But it was also spoke of, it was interesting seeing Emma Hayes clearly very frustrated on the side, but it really spoke of, I suppose, how you'd need your players on the field to think differently in circumstances. Just because you've told them one thing and you've built up playing a certain way, they kept insisting on playing out the back, despite the fact that Wolfsburg had, you know, not only cottoned on to how they needed to press them, but the players they were passing to in the Chelsea back line were quite low on confidence at that point because yeah. they'd been battered and they'd been burned before. So it just needed a little bit more forethought, I thought. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching it on the on the stream as well. I don't know, did you guys watch the episode one, We All Rise in the... In yes, at, at half-time, half yeah. I, did, I was a bit soppy about that, to be honest. I found it quite like... I don't know. Even the ads made me quite like weepy about everything. You know, there's like period ads in the middle of the football and there's like stuff about Dulwich Hamlet's oh, yeah. family football team. And mm. yeah. And he does period puns. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching it with my partner and she was like, what the fuck? Were they do those? <laughs> it's like, ah, useful stuff to market to 50% of the population, you fucking geniuses. <laughs> 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 Whoever thought about that? Yeah. <laughs> Enjoyable all round. Uh, I mean, it was it was an interesting. It's an interesting season, isn't it, for the for the Women's Champions League because you've got this whole group stage. And it's, it's weird because in one way, it's the step up to getting closer to parity with the Men's Champions League than there, there, there was before. It feels like it's um, more important with a dedicated TV deal where everyone can see it. And that, that's, that's super important. And that people being able to to, to absorb it is, is really important. But... On, on the other hand, I just felt this little bit of, oh, yeah, imagine if this was like a knockout game. Uh, imagine if this Ooh. was the first leg of a knockout game. So, mm. yeah, swings and roundabouts, I guess. That's true. It'll come later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This particular fixture, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, also sticking with the women's game, uh, last night in the National Women's Soccer League, NWSL in the US, three games stopped after six minutes. And it was hard to tell what was going on. Uh, in the footage that I saw initially, but then it was kind of an amazing moment. Every single person involved with the game came onto the pitch, made a circle together in in the centre circle to, I suppose, how would you put it, to show solidarity uh, about some of the allegations that have been made against uh, sexual misconduct allegations, basically against Paul Riley, who who has coached Portland Thorns in the in the past and was the coach of North Carolina Courage, um, and this has had a big impact the way that these allegations have come out this has had a big impact on the NWSL including all the games being halted at the weekend and I think people just it starts sounds like it's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of players starting to speak out about some of the things that they've 
that they've endured from people in power in the game. Is that, is that the way you guys see it, Russ? Yeah, and it, it, unfortunately, it is the the tip of the iceberg and not just in the women's game. I mean, it's a story that people might not be um, super aware of over here, but uh, Gudni Bergson and the entire board of the Icelandic Football Federation resigned last month over um, allegations that they were covering up uh, a sexual misconduct allegation uh, of over one of their players. And, um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's, that's, that's really rocked Icelandic football, but I guess they're on the first step to to dealing with it. But it shows how widespread it is, how much needs to change. And this was a strange feeling seeing this in the US because it was it was so inspiring. It was a real lump in the throat moment when, when you saw it. But at the same time, you're like, why has it got to be this hard for women to play football? It's, it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. But... It's, it's, it's the first step to people saying we're, we're not going to put up with this anymore. And people elsewhere, like in Iceland, have to say we're not going to put up with this anymore as well. Yeah, one of the things that um, I took away from it this morning, um, the NWSL tweeted the actual um, the clip of it happening. So a lot of the people, right. a lot of the tweets that are going around at the moment with the video are from the official NWSL account. Uh, yeah, and that feels like something. Yeah, that yeah, does, yeah. yeah. But, and there's, but there's also this thing of... You know, uh, women's football in America is huge, and I, and I know that you know um, continental Europe and and the UK are catching up. And I suppose you know, with the women's Super League, it's you could say it's taking it to to a new level, and perhaps even further. But in terms of people regarded as celebrities outright beyond the sport, nothing comes close to US women's football. And so there is a sense that, as Kate mentioned, that this has gone on a while and as you said it is the tip of the iceberg that if they didn't have that profile none of this would have really come to light we should say that um the athletics uh meg linehan who broke the story i suppose yes. it had such a dramatic effect that it wasn't so much of people being like oh god this is actually going on it was quite a few players basically off the back of that saying Oh shit! Finally, people are actually listening to us about this because pe- there was a you know complaint made about Riley in 2015 that didn't get picked up on. Um, there are loads of things historically that are now being brought up um, to to rectify, but also I suppose to punish people for. Um, and and you know, other circumstances have changed. It's just that it's out in the open. I thought it was quite telling last week as well. The um, you know the Chelsea players. I think Magda Eriksson came out and and said that she was. They were all not, you know, not horrified by it, but but hurt by it. The idea that the people are, you know, people at teams where they're supposed to be looked after because they just want to play a game are being taken advantage of in this way. And there are massive parallels, I think, to the US gymnastics scandal that kind of escalated, you know, to a point in terms of it wasn't so much just one person; it was the way it was not just brushed under a carpet, but you know, they closed the curtains on the entire investigation altogether. Mm. So we're gonna hear a lot of people are people with bad um views i'll say um might see the coming months as people wanting their pound of flesh but really it's just people finally being listened to yeah it's people finding the opportunity to speak out and that's as you reference and the strength as well we should say and the support also it's hard to be the first person to say this stuff and especially if you as you point out if you don't have the profile of some of these guys that's why in the athletics thing is so important 
Simone Biles was, you know, one of the main people to speak out. So, yeah, um, the League Commissioner, Lisa Baird, has resigned and I'm sure there's going to be lots more of this to come, sadly, but positively as well, I suppose, as Vish says. Okay, let's now get to a break and then we're going to come on to Newcastle after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Clash of the Titles is the podcast where two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better. Join Alex Zane, Chris Tilly and Vicky Crompton as they celebrate Halloween with a month of Stephen King films. Kicking off this month of King versus King, it's The Shining versus Doctor Sleep. We also get this amazing shot of Wendy and Danny lost in the maze and the camera stalking them and Jack looking down at this model of the maze. The lengths that Kubrick went to to make it feel like, is Jack controlling this maze? Is this maze Jack's mind? Search Clash of the Titles on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Nutmeg, cinnamon, and half a teaspoon of salt. And now the special bit is it's going to have quite a lot of boots. Where are you? <laughs> Let's be having you! Come on! 
Ramble Meets. Uh, welcome back to the Football Ramble. Me, Vish and Brass with you today. And now it's time for your emails. Oh, every time. Um, I've got an email from David Aspinall with a belated entry for our thread of listeners selling things to people in football. I used to work at a golf club and hotel near Liverpool where a lot of the Premier League teams used to stay before playing one of Everton or Liverpool. One night it was Arsenal's turn. A lad called Stewart just died and although he was lovely, his tastes in food and drink were a bit limited. So when a green tea was ordered for then Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger, he was a bit flummoxed as to what to serve it with. As such, he sent out a little jug of cold milk to go alongside the drink. Oh, thoughtful. When we found out what was happening, we watched through some nearby glass as the usually urbane Frenchman looked perplexed at the strange accompaniment. Assuming this was a normal thing, Wenger poured the milk into his cup and took a bit of a drink. <laughs> Needless to say, he was not impressed and the drink was returned and a new one was made. And this is the man in charge with looking after the World Cup. I mean, I was going to say, it's not your mate's fault. If you order yeah, a green tea, what? you know not to put milk in it. That is baffling because that almost suggests, well, we'll go to our green tea correspondent, Antique Brussels, in a moment. But Did that... you call him Antique Brussels? Is <laughs> <laughs> that very respectful or incredibly disrespectful? I can't quite work it out. But it suggests that Wenger was ordering something that he knew nothing about. He just saw it on the menu and was like... Thought, well, I'm away from home. Try something a bit exotic <laughs> when in Rome. Is green tea a thing in France? It is at Peckham Town after after I went there. Well, there you go, yeah. But, 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 but would Wenger have come across it before he came over here? You'd, you'd hope so. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, yeah. actually, fuck it. Yeah, he was Culinary in Japan, Cal- wasn't he? Culinary Cal- from Japan. From Japan. Yeah. He probably invented this stuff. Maybe That's... he just thought it was a novel application and he didn't want to offend the waiter. Uh, we've got one from Dave here on the subject of uh, long distance away journeys. I had the misfortune of being one of the Arsenal fans who flew to Baku for the Europa League final to watch us get spanked by Chelsea 4-1. We had a rather jovial evening the night before the main square of Baku with the other foolish Arsenal fans who'd made the trip where I dropped my wallet. Fortunately, it transpired it was handed in to a nearby policeman who found me and gave it back. The memory of this event, though, was somewhat a blur. So I was shocked to discover two days later, hungover after the spanking and gearing up for a a 1am flight home from Moscow, I received a Facebook message from a random Azerbaijani woman telling me that the police had my ID. Mm -hmm. I assured her they didn't as I'd got it back. She replied by sending me a link to the Azerbaijani state TV channel's Instagram, (laughs) which had three photos of me and my mate negotiating with the police to give me my wallet back, which in my drunken haze, I had failed to remember was in front of TV cameras, which recorded the whole event and me showing them. I was who I said I was. The final picture was my driving license with my full address. (laughs) Oh, God. Broadcast for all of Azerbaijan to see. <laughs> when I DM'd the channel to ask them to remove the photo with my full address on, I received an email two hours later from a producer simply saying, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear back, but I'm touching down back in London, saw the picture had hit 75,000 views. Rest assured, I may think twice about travelling to former Soviet republics for Arsenal away trips, should we ever find ourselves in Europe again. That is incredible. I mean, 75,000 views, take the likes, but yeah, that's... Dave hasn't included his uh, surname on that email. 
Cause I, which I'm sad about because I thought we were going to get down to an Azerbaijani house party Just, in the next <laughs> I'm, I'm on the Insta already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble to get in touch. We love hearing from you. Newcastle fans, congratulations, nearly, or probably as this show goes out. It looks as though you have a new owner. Mike Ashley, we may be in the sort of final, the final throat, the death throes, if you will, of Mike Ashley's 14-year ownership of Newcastle United. Although I should say we have thought that before. Saudi Arabia. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry, uh, let me sum it up for my, uh, my uh, hopefully intellectual resources here. Basically, um, Saudi Arabia had banned being sports from operating in its country. Instead, the main broadcaster of, of Premier League was effectively this thing, BLQ, which was a stolen uh, stream of being sports uh, with just the little logo of BLQ plastered over the being sports logo. It's just yeah. very fu- I mean, it is, it's quite funny. Um, piracy aside, I just mean it's quite an overt and hilarious way to do it if you are going to do such things. Um, this was a problem clearly for the Premier League because one of the main ways, as we talked about on Tuesday, that the Premier League has made so much money is because they're able to sell their rights for lots and lots of money and piracy is obviously a crime. You wouldn't steal a car. Um, People do though. It's a great point. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that appears to be have been resolved to the satisfaction of the Premier League and of BN Sports. Uh, Saudi Arabia says it's going to be available in their country. And this, it seems to be, is the, the final hurdle to getting this deal over the line. Now, there are the reports that have said that the public investment fund has uh, proved that it's separate to the Saudi state. Um to the satisfaction of the the Premier League owners and directors test. Um, I mean, that's very much a small print at the bottom. I think we all know what this is really about, don't we? And as as soon as this dispute between um, the Saudis and, and, and Bean was cleared up, it was it was likely to happen, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I can, I can understand why a, a lot of people are absolutely reviled by this. I can understand why a lot of people don't care less about this and just want their club to get out of the grip of Mike Ashley. And I understand why, there are, why there are people... Well, well I, before we get on to inevitabilities. <laughs> and I understand why there are some people that are somewhere in, in the middle. Um, I, as, as someone who knows and loves and lives in the region, I don't feel great about it. I also understand that... Um, not it's not just the Mike Ashley thing, and when you put like fourteen years of Mike Ashley, I mean that is that is kind of a lot of years. Yeah, it's it's a long time for not only for your club to have no ambition, yeah, but absolutely no hope at all. And when that's such a central part of um, the the city's life, to be told that that means nothing basically on a daily basis. Is, is painful. I can understand why a lot of supporters of Newcastle would say whatever, how they would find it hard to connect with something that's happening in a world outside their, their comprehension. And the, I, I, know, I know we can talk about them, you know, there's all the, the bants on social about them, them buying Kylian Mbappe and all, all, all the rest of it. I mean, it, it seems that rather than spunking a load of cash on players there's actually plans to 
do something with the infrastructure of the club, which is old and tired and needs attention and has had no attention. Now, really, what we've been seeing from Newcastle on the pitch over recent years, for a lot of people who don't know the club and don't know the region, is the, the, the be all and end all. The, the, the fact that Mike Ashley has neglected the team. They used to be in the Champions League and play exciting football and now they're a bit of shit and they're existing rather than living. But really, that's only a little part of it. The neglect of the club is far deeper than that. All I would say, there, there are a lot of reasons to find this move absolutely repellent and we're going to talk about those. All I would say is I would go easy on judging a lot of Newcastle United fans and residents of the Northeast for seeing a way in which their club and their area could receive regeneration, understanding and attention. And before Vish comes in, I would say that ironically, and that's when we talk about sports washing, that is... That's why it's going to work. That's what that it is. That is exactly what, why what, it's going to work. What Bryce has just defined there the great positives that we'd all like to see for that area, that as yeah. you say, the area and the club that's been so neglected, that, I'm afraid, is sports washing. Exactly. exactly. Ironically, making something better doesn't have to be because the aim is to make it better. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of the, um, you know, the public investment fund, a lot of its remit over the last few years has been toward sport as a way of doing that, as a way of making Saudi Arabia... Arabia see more open. So obviously they've had boxing fights over there. They've paid a shitload of money to get Anthony Joshua over there. You've got it in golf as well. Football is a completely different beast. It's, you know, it's very much the the crown jewel, as it were. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's that thing of, if, you're a, if you are a Newcastle fan and you've had no interest in this and you see... For example, yeah, those boxing fights in Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia becoming more of a place where the sport is hosted. And also to know that your government are involved in various different deals with them or have been involved in the past. And the fact that you live in an area where the perception that you have through experience is that no one really gives a shit about you in terms of infrastructure, in terms of improving your quality of life. And when you are such a one-city club, I can totally understand like why you would be excited by that. At the same time, I think, you know, I feel like we're we're talking a little bit about you know some of the stuff that we we address with the Cristiano Ronaldo thing. I would advise people to read up on a, a lot of this stuff and understand why there is so much um, fear, I suppose, and and wariness about the deal. And it's not because people want to rain on Newcastle's parade. It's not because the you know a couple of people tweeting wildly at journalists are getting them annoyed and that. that means they want to go these are the things that kind of do really matter there's a, there is a lot of just as this is affecting your life this is affecting other people's lives somewhere else yeah exactly That's yeah it, isn't it's, it? it's, 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 it's it, understanding that isn't it yeah yeah so um yeah it'd be interesting to see how it goes from a just to, to separate the football bit from a moment i'm kind of interested to see what happens? You know, we were joking out there about like who is who is the Robinho signing going to be, and we, we seem to have settled on Coutinho. Yeah, I, I, I think. Look, they need someone to buy him. <laughs> Football needs someone to buy him. <laughs> Do I'll, I'll tell you a what, favor, it's, it's Saudi. Gonna, it's going yeah. to put some Maximus those out of joint. <laughs> yes, who's going to be the Karadi, the Boyanov? See, everyone's everyone's worried. <laughs> I, I don't want the I don't want the um, 
you know, the headliners. I want the ones who fall off <laughs> fall off on the side. I, I, mean, I mean, maybe Eliakim Mangala can beat Eliakim Mangala. Yeah, can, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, that, on, on the credits, it's so going it to be like he'll jump Eliakim, in on Eliakim Mangala plays himself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it. Well, we now know who's going to be one of the chief consultants. And, and in fact, congratulations on your move, Brass. What surprising <laughs> yeah. timing. Brassel and Willock, yeah. <laughs> Sensing the change in tide. Hold on, we need to get somewhere, yeah. Uh, Amnesty International has urged the Premier League to change its owners and directors' test to address human rights issues amid Saudi Arabian-backed takeover of Newcastle and United. The thing, Vish, I think, you, did you already mention about PIF being deemed to be completely separate from the Saudi Arabian state? But on that note... Um, um, one of the key factors that was brought up when this was happening a year ago was, of course, the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. And we were just reading... They provided the planes to transport the... Um... Killers to Istanbul and back. Yeah. Nothing to do with them, though. All different, <laughs> all very different. Just but coincidental. <laughs> no, yeah. Correlation yeah. is not causation, as exactly. we all know. It's like waving down a bus out there. Very different, you know. Um, we should say as well, though, that, um, you know, the... the Statement from Amnesty International, you know, Jamal Khashoggi's um, widow has, yes. has been uh, talking about this a lot. But this is another good example of it's, even pu- putting that to one side, the way that it just seems to be or seems to be put across by the Premier League as this kind of issue around, um, you know, the being sports ban and stuff like that. Another good indication of why we do probably need independent regulators for the sport in this country. Exactly. And that, look that's, over this kind of that's something that um, the, the new body fair game are working on at the moment. They've got what, 32, 33 clubs involved. So um, there is clearly an appetite for, for things to change and there to be um, yeah, an independent regulator and, and, and more transparency and stuff. But yeah, I, I would, whatever angle you're coming at this from, I would recommend um, you catch up with some of the work of our friend of the ramble, Miguel Delaney, who has written a lot of really insightful stuff on this and has, has met quite a lot of pushback from people who just, well, you don't want my team to do well. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, sometimes expressed rather more virulently than that. But yeah. Read, read what Miguel's got to say on it. It's um, it's worth your time. I'll and Tarek Panjo was where we were reading that stuff as well. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah, came, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, Tarek's excellent as well. And and you know, before you, before, you know, people always respond to where were you where were you when City did this, and then you know they were there. When, <laughs> yeah. So it's fine. They were working. Yeah. What about really PSG? Co- yeah, they were PSG. Really did they? working yeah. quite hard exactly, on those stories. Exactly. And what about it's always the last word in this, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's the fans' equivalent of have you ever played the game? Yeah, it is, yeah. Isn't it, basically? To which I would answer, have you ever been involved in in a Saudi Arabian takeover? Would you have them support? Oh, Wimbledon. That would be nice, getting a bit of Saudi dollar. I'd have them support my women's fibre side. <laughs> if you go onto the uh, Azerbaijani government's official um, yes. <laughs> Instagram feed, you will see me with my eyebrows raised quite highly at the moment. Tonight, more Nations League football for you. The other semi-final, the one that everyone has been waiting for. It's just a recap. It's just a lovely recap of the Euros. It's Belgium going up against France. Roberto Martinez's men have a shot at a major trophy. You're going to be covering this extensively in OTC. Uh, no, because it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> Previewing is the word that I was Look, looking you, for. You're you, absolutely right. You time travellers. <laughs> you think you're so much better than us, didn't you? I really enjoyed last week's one about the 20, 2022 World Cup, by the way. 
Didn't see that coming. I really didn't see it coming. You know, the extraordinary thing to me about this that I found really hard to get my head around is the fact that Matteo Genduzzi is in the France squad. Yes, but that's because N'Golo can't... I mean, not not exactly the same player, we get, but... we're, get, we're getting back into what about her again, Kate. <laughs> I don't want to go back there. But uh, N'Golo Kante has got COVID, hasn't he? So yeah, is, yeah, is, he, we hope he's he all has, right. He has. We, um, we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, there's no suggestion that... Um, Genduzzi will be in the 11 but I find it I think the there's, no, there's no suspicion that he did it <laughs> utterly <laughs> remarkable um, did, did you see the little spat between him and Patrick Van Aanholt last week Tell yes incredible more. so good it was it was it was brilliant so they they, they had a little word during the game when um, Genduzzi was trying to get a penalty uh, that wasn't met after a long VAR examination this was in the um, Europa League game between um, Marseille and Galatasaray and afterwards after they had a little spat on the pitch for Van Anholt and um, Genduzzi uh, Van Anholt sent this tweet to him run in your mouth after VAR proved you wrong little man needs to relax before I snatch that wig off your head <laughs> what? I mean that's pretty good isn't it? Um, there's Beef as well for Gunduzi in the in his own team in his club side, right? He's been he's been grating. Oh, people love him. What are you talking about? They love him. Wait, I'm confused. Love him. That's his job though. He is a professional grater. Yeah, that's true. When he was captain, he confronted his teammate Gerson and asked, "When are you going to start running?" Dimitri Payet had to intervene. I don't see him as the peacemaker, but maybe I've missed Payet. Yeah. No, I think he's just like stop harshing my mellow. Just. So everyone just like lower your voice a bit. intervened very slowly yeah <laughs> but classily though <laughs> exactly alright you can get more Andy Brassel and David Cartledge and Dotton later on today you're going to be talking about Spain in the Nations League as well as the latest squabbles over in Buffet and how Jean-Louis Donnarumma's move to Paris is working out after struggling for starts in the league get over to Football Ramble Presents later today for that yeah tune in if you want to find if Mbappe's going to sign for Newcastle or not <laughs> You've got the scoop. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Someone, uh, someone, tw- local someone tweeted at Alan St. Maximum today saying, "Call up your mate Mbappe and show him our bridges." <laughs> <laughs> and I just he's there looking on. You know, he's got his phone up. He's got the Eiffel Tower next to him and thinks, "Ah, you know what? I like bridges. <laughs> Do you like what, bridges?" What, what I really want to know, he's texting back. Do they still have the boat? Yeah. <laughs> heard it was really heard it was really foggy there. Is it still the case? <laughs> On tomorrow's show to answer all of those questions and many, many more. It's Marcus. Oh, it's you guys. It's Marcus, Andy, and Vish. Just doing We're not going home. Just... We're not going home. So today is today is um, Newcastle pre-Saudi takeover, and tomorrow is Saudi takeover because they've kept. You and I, and we've just replaced Mason with Marcus. Oh. Is going to be doing his Kent Brockman. Yeah, yes. I, I for one welcome our new overlords. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I very much look forward to that. I have to say, um, lovely to see you, Andy Russell. Likewise, lovely to see you, Vatishan Hantharaja. Likewise, lovely to see you, dear listeners. Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the Acast Creator Network. We'll see you next time. Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.